Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. Today, we have the amazing Cache Jackson Henderson on, and we are talking all about the importance of shifting focus and impact in this industry and reflecting on racial inequality in the influencer space. Cache comes on today to not only share her own experience and journey as a content creator and blogger, but she dives into how to check your purpose and values and when it really relates to brands and what you must start asking brands about their stance on racial equality and specifically what white content creators must start to unlearn and reshift in terms of focus when it deals with racism within the influencer marketing space and really with amplifying and supporting the Black content creators within our industry that we know and love so much. She talks about how to pitch brands while keeping equality in mind. And most importantly, really getting honest and start asking yourself as a white content creator, what am I willing to sacrifice to amplify Black voices? Who am I? What do I want? What do I want to represent? What do I want to be known for? And where can I expand in that way? to amplify the Black voices in this community that are needed to be amplified in order for this industry and community to really get to a place that is of enriched service and that is really the best that it possibly can be. And so I'm really excited to have Cache on today and to share her experience and strength and hope with us all. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hi, Cachet. Hi, Julie. (laughs) I'm so excited we're doing this. Me too. Me too. Thank you for having me. Oh gosh. Thank you for coming on and, um, for this really amazing conversation that is needed and that you, um, have so much experience, uh, in, in sharing. I'm really excited. Um, okay. So first we virtually met years ago. Yes. My community. Um, you are, a community member of Fidget Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you and then we got to meet in person because yes. you came to the focus group. Yes, uh, for Influencer Academy. For Influencer Academy, yes. which was two years ago. Yes, this month. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then you know just followed, and you know the the beauty of social media is that connection piece. Absolutely. Um, so that's how we know each other, but I want to hear from you more of your journey. If you can yes. Well, like many, uh, I'd say bloggers and creatives, I started as a side hobby, um, a project of mine. It was shortly after I graduated college and got my first job at an ad agency. And I really just in a way, you know, when you're kind of becoming an adult, like you have to make new friends and find interests and things that inspire you. Um, because you know, you're forced to right? And through blogging, I was able to find my voice. I read a lot of blogs. I attended blogger events in my town, even before I took the plunge. And, um, finally I did as the lipstick giraffe 
Um, and it started more in a personal style space, um, going all the way to attending local events. And that's how I really built my brand. I credit that to this day. Um, through that, I've been able, I've been continuing blogging, rebranded my blog, um, continued my career in advertising, then stopped working in advertising to go out on my own. Um, something by force again, not by choice. And it ended up being a blessing, um, from there became a creative community organizer through events that I started throwing for bloggers that were part networking all the way to educational. I really think it's important to provide value in addition to Instagrammable opportunities. <laughs> um, and through that, um, I've also been a consultant in the social media and digital marketing strategy space. So I'm a multi-passionate creative. I can't stop moving <laughs> people close to me will always, uh, comment on that. And um, it, it's been fun. Like, I feel very blessed to be able to devote time to everything that fuels me. So, mm -hmm. And so you've been, I mean, you've been at this for a while. You have a lot of experience. You had mentioned to me that a shift for you happened in this space when you started getting really clear on what your purpose was mm -hmm. and how you approached brands and your intentionality and your consciousness with making sure that the brands that you were aligning with, the content that you were creating, all of it mm -hmm. really tapped into what you felt was your values and your purpose. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. You know, I think, um, when I started blogging, I, I wasn't concerned about Instagram. I wasn't even really concerned about working with brands at the point. I definitely saw the potential for what it could be, but it wasn't what drove me. Once I realized that I had a unique voice, I was building a following, and I knew I wanted to monetize and just create different opportunities for myself, I found myself very stuck, um, especially as it became a blogger of color, a Black blogger with such a name like the Lipstick Giraffe and at times when I would reach out to brands, they weren't sure what that meant. Um, they weren't sure if I were serious. And the trend that I was seeing was, um, I guess, more, I guess, serious, if you will, for names. Right. And I really started to think about what fuels me, what kind of gets me going, what makes me excited. And that's where the cachet life came from. And it was really clear to articulate because cachet in itself, if something has cachet, it's got a little something special. Um, right. a prestigious touch to it. So through having lifestyle and being able to elevate, you know, my everyday and showing that through home content and all of that, um, it was an easier for me story to tell. Um, would I say that I left a little piece of me behind in that early journey? Absolutely. Um, was that in the, I guess, driven by, in a sense, wanting to fit in and belong um, to be seen as credible? Um, yes. You know, I think, I don't want to say it was a mask. I've always come from an authentic place. Mm -hmm. I think just more so now since I've seen what works, I've seen what hasn't, I've gone through my own personal discovery um, as well. Um, I feel like, I guess I'm walking the walk and talking the talk. Um, and others can see that now that I have, you know, X amount of years under my belt or X amount of press mentions. And, you know, it feels good, but... Um, it also is like, wow, I had to have all of this to finally start moving, I guess, in a certain direction and be seen as serious. When you think back to that, um, did you ever feel like you had to 
mold into some version of you that maybe wasn't a version of you or whatever it might be in order to fit into this industry? Absolutely. Um, I, I'll say it came from a visual at first. Um, I mean, let's just be real. We all kind of started off taking the horrible pictures with bad lighting, um, not what are you mindful. About? <laughs> <laughs> the dome light or the boob light, as I like to call it, like whatever, indoor, didn't know about window tricks and all of that. Anyway, um, but when it became to a certain edit style and a certain style of dressing and, oh my gosh, everything needs to be light, bright, and airy. You know, I remember hearing that when it came to some brand briefs. And at first, that's not really who I was. The lipstick giraffe definitely was as vibrant as it sounded. Mm -hmm. um, if you look back, probably in some of my content from like 27, I guess, into 2016 into 2017, you'll see the shift. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I always came from a genuine place if you take the time to read the content and stick around, but you can see the transition back into, I guess, a little bit more lipstick giraffe, but ultimately, I guess it really is who I am. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And did you see that the industry at the whole, at the time, or even the brands that you were choosing to work with, did you see that they were re receptive to that transition and evolution? Yes. I started making more money, obviously, I think as your business grows, but it wasn't that long um, from the cachet life um, once I made that transition. I'll also say too, um, I started going to conferences for uh, as a blogger yeah. um, starting in 2017. And, you know, I'll just be honest, when I go to events or I network, like I, I'm a very strong networker. Um, I know how to have the ask the right questions, kind of work the room. So I went to a conference with that in mind. I said, I'm going to earn back every cent I spent to come here through some sort of partnership that I cultivated. Right. Um, one of my most notable, and actually today is the anniversary of the first partnership I had with them because it was a trip. It was with that Alaska Airlines that I met at Alt Summit. Mm -hmm. And from engaging with them authentically on Twitter to running into the social media manager at one of the restaurants because I saw her be introduced at some dinner. Um, I just sparked a conversation. And then I did some later research on, is my city actually a destination for them? Um, ended up pitching them an idea. They didn't take it. They proposed something else because they liked my vibe. Um, obviously, they referenced meeting me in person and then did some additional homework. Yeah had that partnership. It was awesome. I've worked with them off and on for since then. Um, but after that happened, then I was seen as a little bit more serious. What people don't know is um, I was already in the uh, process of rebranding. That was in June. The full rebrand wasn't um, unveiled until October. And so, so you were kind of working on that behind the scenes, mm -hmm. but it was already energetically yes. revealing itself. Yes. Through that through, process. Exactly. Yeah. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. 
This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business business for sponsoring the show. And how do you see, you know, looking back on your journey as where you are today, what has been the single most uh, impactful catalyst, if you will, that has allowed you to really step into what feels most authentic to you and real to you and really allows you to shine and be seen as who you are? You know, um, I want to, I'm going to say now, Mm. can I say now? Yeah. Tell me more. Um, you know, there's definitely been milestones along the journey that have kind of either pivoted me into a different direction or propelled me forward in a direction that I wanted to go. But, you know, starting last year, um, you know, I've been very public about my life and I ended up sharing something that had happened and kind of changed my life situation for a while. Um, it was something that I was very transparent about because I knew I was going to get questions and all of that. Um, especially once I participated in one room challenge, which I'm doing again this year. And they're like, wait, why are you in a different house? You know, I think being authentic and just being honest has that, I guess maybe was the catalyst because I was able to pull the curtain back and show, Hey, I'm just like you all, we all have you know, I don't want to say drama, but we all have things happen in our life that may not be Instagram picture feed perfect, you know, Mm -hmm. and being able to talk about the process, the why was very helpful. Um, At that point, I started doing some deep work and soul searching on myself because, you know, as you and I have discussed, I was having some trouble figuring out what my purpose was. Mm -hmm. And I realized that that was a big part in me trying to keep up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came to blogging and what that looked like and what I'm going to talk about and what I'm not. Um, la- end of last year, I knew I was going to relocate cities. I knew I was going to take it to the next level. I was going to stop wasting time with things that were important to me. And for so many, I guess in so many words, I just kind of stopped giving a, you know what, mm-hmm. and I'm just putting myself out there. I'm going to be so unapologetically myself. You're not, you're going to, you can't stand it or you're going <laughs> to love it, you right. know? <laughs> So I kind of started this year with that in mind. Um, When it came to quarantine um, content, I made a shift there. And quarantine coupled with what has been happening in our world when it comes to racism and the fight against it and social injustice, being able to speak my mind and not care if anyone thinks about it and to continue to do it has been so empowering. I've never felt more secure and settled in what I'm doing since I, since the past two weeks, if I'm, mm. and it's been an eight year journey, if I'm going to be completely honest about it. Um, so it feels great. <laughs> and it seems to me like it started with you being vulnerable and transparent about your move, mm-hmm. you know, what that looked like, what that meant, um, what it held, was the community receptive? I mean, were you afraid of pushback because you oh, were such yeah. a, you, I mean, when you were in Sacramento, I mean, you, you had a really firm, I mean, 
that community knew who you were, I guess Absolutely. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, no. you had a I very mean, my firm stance in that community. Like Miss Sacramento because right. I was on the scene. I was definitely advocating for the creative scene, especially as it related to content creators and bloggers, because there was still so much and still is so much for the small business community to learn there right. um, that want to collaborate, you know, that word. Um, but, and it was hard because I had built this uh, organization that had, you know, over a hundred members and selling out events every month. Like it was, um, and, you know, cultivating sponsored, like I felt almost like I might be perceived as, I don't want to say a traitor. That sounds, but you know, in a way, yes, I'm just picking up and moving. Um, you know, and I never said it was over. I just said the blog block as you know, it, um, is no longer, I want to bring it back. I want to do something a little bit different after almost three years of doing it. Um, you know, I, I know what needs to happen in order to spread it to a wider audience. But, um, I was worried that people would drop off. Oh, she's leaving Sacramento and, you know, that's it. What I found is that my community there has been so much more invested in my success here, um, mm-hmm. seeing how I am doing as a person with the transition, how I'm doing as an engaged couple in Dallas in a new place through quarantine um, and through what's, again, what's happening in our country right now. It kind of just keeps compounding and not that my plans have changed for the year, but they definitely have, um, we'll say evolved and yeah. changed forms at least. Well, let's talk about the now. Let's talk about the now. Let's talk about because, the now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the things that you, that you and I have been talking about a lot this week is, mm-hmm. you know, we just talked about like really checking your purpose and values and what those mean Mm -hmm. um, for each person and you navigating that for yourself gives you a lot of experience, you know, to share what that was like for you. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to brands, what do you think we must start asking brands about their stance on racial equality? and where they stand with supporting black content creators and what that's going to look like moving forward. You know, moving forward, I think, I think it's definitely an ongoing conversation and I don't think there's a one size fits all approach. Um, And I think some brands have more work to do than others, but I think now, I mean, I think it's very important that a brand if they, I don't, I think it's beyond a black square and I think it's beyond a statement on social media. Um, I think that there is, there is no reason why a brand cannot say what they, what their values are, what they believe in, what they stand for, who they're donating to. Some of this we're able to find through our own research, whether it be seeing what's been happening from an ongoing basis, looking on LinkedIn, Google, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that it's imperative since we're all, um, I guess, on the same playing field, that a line be kind of, I don't want to say a line be drawn in the sand, but in a way, yes. Um, Something that I said on my personal account, um, well, I guess it's my brand account, but the Cache Life um, handle, I said, if you can't say the words Black Lives Matter, this is not a place for you. And not that I'm trying to push people away, but hello, I am a Black woman, Black Lives Matter. And even if I weren't a black woman, black lives matter. Like it's just, it's just a statement of fact. Right. And if the words make you that uncomfortable, then 
you're just at the wrong place. So mm-hmm. I don't see why a brand can't say that. I know almost every sing- every single brand has taken a black dollar <laughs> before. Yeah. Um, happily. Happily. Happily taken a black dollar mm-hmm. for decades, what, whatever. Yeah. And um, a simple statement should not be that difficult. If yeah. it is, then we know as creators and as consumers what decisions we need to make in order to um, make an impact toward the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm a believer that, you know, it's like, let it begin with me, right? Absolutely. Like it has to begin with me. And that's, you know, keeping the focus on myself by letting it begin with me, you know, leads to, leads to those questions, mm-hmm. those, those, you know, those important questions. Absolutely. And I know that you and CJ, your fiance, you guys were talking about this the other day. You actually did an IGTV on it and you did a post yes. on it about specifically, you know, what you're asking. Mm-hmm. Would you mind sharing that? Sure. So, um, the first post that I made, I guess, to kind of tackle this was more like creators. I hope you're paying attention because we work so hard on these, you know, pitch letters and, um, selling, uh, you know, products through affiliate marketing, what have you. And I think it's just so important to see where those companies were so proudly representing where their values lie. Um, have they made a statement? Are they always doing work? What don't we know? Um, what, have they made a commitment to do work? Can you um, lead the charge on that or be part of that? I think it's just be asking the questions. Um, you know, a, I know in my experience and in conversations I've had with other creators, you know, sometimes it's always like, well, I don't want to challenge the brand or, you know, I don't want to mess up the deal or mm. rock the boat, but we have to rock the boat. I mean, this is rock the boat season. Right. <laughs> and when we are talking about the, um, on the IGTV that CJ and I did, it's, it was a really casual conversation that started on the patio, which is our spot. And it's just stemmed from me wanting to see if the can of sparkling water I was drinking, if that brand had made a statement or, you know, or do they have diverse marketing? That's where my brain is over the past few weeks. And I noticed that they hadn't. And then Mm -hmm. I noticed that many brands um, in the sparkling water space had just not said anything. And Granted, not saying anything doesn't make you a racist. I'm not saying that. However, why aren't you saying anything? Is it that you don't know what to say? You don't want to sound like, you know, you don't mean what you say. Do you want to, you know, are you going to get the words incorrect? And something that CJ and I were drilling home, like at the end of our video was, we are all going to get it wrong, you know, to some, in some form. The but we have to show up, you know, mm-hmm. perfection is not required. Mm-hmm. We just need to show up and we need to hold others accountable. And if they can't be found or seen at the time, and we have a light aligned to them kind of asking the question. Mm-hmm. Um, I had noticed that a brand partner of mine had been silent on social media. Um, someone that I had recently introduced to um, my brand, um, you know, to my audience, excuse me. And I'm like, hmm, let me just check in because again, I'm not defaulting to negative. I don't want to call people out. And, you know, I do want to get a great understanding of where they're at and also in hope that they see me as a black creator. So I reached out and just said, hey, I hope all is well. Um, You know, I noticed um, that you all have been absent from the conversation 
um, that we conversations that we are having. Um, and I'd like to know kind of basically where you stand. Mm -hmm. I said, um, you know, I am really mindful of the organizations that I align myself with. Um, and I want to feel confident telling my audience how to spend their hard earned dollars, um, with, in a way that's not self-detrimental. Um, you know, I put a lot of time and effort into these partnerships. Um, can you, I'd love to chat. Can we have a discussion? I look forward to hearing from you soon. And we ended up getting on a phone call within an hour to talk through it. And to my, I don't even want to say surprise, but I'll just say to my delight, um, they, there, ha, there has been action. There was immediate action um, from on the business side of things and what the, the parent company has been doing. Um, and in terms of building next steps for the company um, employees and how this affects their brand. I, I thought it was very admirable, the, the work that they were doing. So, and it really reinforced that, okay, we can't assume the worst if people are being silent. Hmm. And with that, with that silence, as we were talking about earlier, you know, people could be taking action behind closed doors. We don't ever know what's going on behind closed doors Mm -hmm. and getting it wrong is better than not getting it at all. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Especially because, um, I see people who aren't even creators commenting on other brands post their Mm -hmm. most recent posts that may be from May. And, you know, um, just why haven't you said anything? What's going on? So it's not even, um, you know, us, it is the, everyone is kind of looking at what is going on and what are the brands that they support doing. Right. I think it's great. You know, I wish, uh, excuse me for saying it, but I wish we were doing this, you know, (laughs) a little bit before when it comes to us, but it's happening now. And And there's for that, I'm grateful. Yeah. And there, there, it's like no excuse for saying it. It it should have been happening mm-hmm. and it is happening and it's important. Absolutely. Um, and thank you for sharing how you approach that. You know, everybody's going to have a different way of how they approach brands. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing your experience and your way of doing that. And I want, mm-hmm. I want to chat a little bit about, about George Floyd and why? Because, you know, for the last, I mean, 2014 was Ferguson, right? Mm-hmm. So at least for the last six years, longer, you know, we as a society have seen the videos, sure. you know, the, the, they become more prevalent people recording mm-hmm. brutality and murders, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think it took to now or, or why this instance that made people finally, it was like the hard smack in the face that not everybody, but a lot of people, especially white people Uh so desperately needed to like wake up and raise our hands and be like, I am so sorry. It took us so long to like get to the party. Right. Sure. Why, why do you think You know, it's so funny. I was having this conversation with CJ and, you know, I'll start with, I think just the idea of shelter in place in general changed a lot of people's lives. It changed their attitudes. It changed their spending habits for sure. Um, I think the world, I don't want to say the world, world stood still, but when things quiet down, you're able to process and receive information a lot more. 
um, you're able to just question even decisions that you're making in your everyday. Um, what and you can identify what's necessary versus what's not. I think that acute awareness to um, what's around you and what's happening what was step one. Um, I think step two was Ahmad Arbery's murder. Um, that happened earlier in the month. Um, the news of it happened earlier in the month. His murder happened in February. So that in itself was like, why did, why is this, we, this is happening because we found out about it, not because, Mm. because, um, it was deemed as wrong. Um, the people who had done it had been walking free, chilling at home on their couch. So whatever, um, I know when that happened to Ahmad, I had to just kind of get off social media for a while. Uh, the video was was a lot for me, and reading the conversations was um, very heavy and just made me reflect on my own surroundings, um, especially being in a new place where I we don't know anyone. Um, just like we and we jog and walk all around, you know. Mm-hmm. So do so many people. When was that a crime? Um, and then on the heels of Memorial Day, George's murder and the, the time, I, I'm just going to be honest. I think it was all of what I said combined with how long that officer was on his neck, how he was begging and pleading, please, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. People are around hollering, please. They're all recording. He's calling out for his mother who's dead. For me personally, that hit me because my mother has gone away. I think everyone was, everyone's heart bled when they heard him cry for his mom. Um, and then it just kept going and going. It was the longest eight and a half minutes ever. Mm-hmm. And for them to just act like he was alive as they're putting him on the gurney. Like, are you kidding me? No, he's, right. he's been dead. Right. It was, it was gut wrenching. Um, yeah, it was, I don't know what else to say. It was gut wrenching. It was, it was, it was the most horrific thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's, it, it's not natural to watch someone die slowly in front of no. your eyes. No, no, Um. Yeah, no. And I think Every, I think people, maybe because they had time to watch it, mm. because many people are still at home um, and have, are kind of having a modified lifestyle, that um, I think it, it caught momentum that way. And I'm so happy it did. I hate and, that this happened. Yeah. And it, I, it makes me... Go ahead. I just had a thought come up. That, no, yeah. I just want to say I hate that he's not here. Mm-hmm. So I don't mean, you know, to quote rejoice in what is happening around us, but you know, I want, I met with, um, Reverend, um, Billy Kyles once who was in, he was for a long time, the sole survivor, um, who was in the room with Dr. King right before he was shot. Um, I met him when I was um, a student at St. Jose state and, um, he said, I might be butchering this a little bit, but he was like, you might shoot the dreamer, or you might kill the dreamer, but you can't kill the dream. And yes, they may have taken George from us, or that gentleman may have taken George from us, but we, as a country, as a society, as human beings, 
are going to do everything we can to combat racism and injustice in this world. Yeah. And it's just interesting to me when I was hearing you explain, you know, how that experience affected you and, and your process through it, that what does that say about our country that it took us watching a man murder another man slow, a man who's supposed to be, you know, behind the badge, protect Mm -hmm. and serve, slowly murder another man and look at the camera Mm -hmm. because he knew that he could. Right. It, it took, it took America that to wake up. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully, because we still we're still have a ton of work to right, do. We're still this is a this is a lifetime of work. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, I don't have the answer to that, but that is, I'm very curious about that. Same. Yeah. So, with that, and with moving forward, especially in this industry of influencer marketing and you know, having, you know, we, we are, we are the first generation that has ever had the ability to influence and impact at the click of a button. Absolutely. No generation before has had the Instagram and the Facebook and the Pinterest. And so it really is such a responsibility. And when I think about that word responsibility, when I break it down, it literally means the ability to respond, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have the ability to respond in a way that is impactful and influential more so than any generation before us has been given, mm-hmm. which is such a massive responsibility. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's such, Absolutely. it's such a massive, you know, it can be if you choose to look at it that way. And so with that, you know, how, how do, I mean, in your, in, from your experience and what do you think, what do you think white content creators in this space must start to unlearn about racism, about how their fellow black content creators are treated or are offered in terms of deals and partnerships and just being seen on this platform when it comes to the influencer marketing space and our ability to have the most optimal influence and impact that we could ever have. Mm -hmm. What do white content creators need to unlearn and need to start focusing on from from your perspective and lens? Yeah. You know, I won't even say like unlearn, but I think it might might be a a shift in mindset and behavior. Um, You know, I'll say it could start with just the keen curiosity of um, who the brand you're partnering with, who else they're working with. I mean, chances are whatever campaign is happening, you're not the only one that is going to be sharing a post between June 6th and June 30th, you know? Right. Um, do they live near you? Um, just who are they in general? Um, you know, I definitely believe in collaborating amongst, you know, whoever I'm aligned with, which is why I ask, um, the brand, I usually ask the brand who else is part of the campaign, or would you mind sharing who else will be on the call? Because I think it's important that we, uh, just know who we're working with, who we're associate, because in a way we're kind of all associating ourselves with one another. And if you happen to notice that, 
um, everyone in the campaign looks the same or there's not enough diversity, you know, maybe recommending someone that you know through blogging or through any, you know, Facebook groups you belong to. I mean, we we all have networked online or in person at conferences. So we have people we can think of. It's sharing some of the pie and not maybe seeing it as competition. I think that goes across mm-hmm. all um, influencer dealings, regardless of race. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's getting curious and, you know, knowing that if you have a brand um, and you've had a good relationship with them, it's as you, you've said before, people who have been in your podcast, um, pitches are coming in every day, like by the hundreds. Mm-hmm. And if you've had a good working relationship with a brand and you know that there's going to be more to come, being able to recommend, you know, I don't know if you're looking for other bloggers in these, this niche, but here are, you know, three people that might be worth reaching out to, um, you know, or if you're having the question, making sure those that you're referring, you know, that it's a, you know, a well-mixed group. Mm -hmm. Um, because I get asked too, do you have any other influencers that you can recommend? Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think it's recognizing that there is a privilege that is associated and you can help others along the way without it being like a handout. You know, I, I also think that there should, there could be a lot more transparency in rates. Um, you know, I know that even sometimes, you know, you can calculate your rate this way and we all say it's the wild west, but I'm like, it's only the wild west because no one is really getting real about the numbers. And I know there's been various campaigns online kind of trying to bring more light to that, but again, it's cool now, but kind of that ongoing conversation. Um, I'll be honest with you. So in part of my freelance life, um, I've worked as kind of a social media manager and even um, somewhat of a strategist on an on a big brand um, account. My former client did not have any staff. He was a director of marketing and he outsourced it all. So we, I had my own kind of team, mm-hmm. like an agency, but we mm-hmm. all were independent. We'd get together for brand plans and meetings because of my experience in social media. And I'd be amplifying a lot of the influencer content. They had me be part of the influencer selection process and they shared the overall budget. I was so disappointed that I saw a blogger, a black blogger who had double the reach as one charge a number um, that was so low in comparison to others um, that were white. And I was disappointed because again, I don't make this decisions, but I was disappointed even too, from the brand side, why are you seeing this and not giving this person more money? There's still more money in the budget. Um, but again, they were a partner agency and I wasn't allowed that, that was just not my lane, um, to get too detailed on that. But I did share some feedback, like, you know, if she's going to do this, then we should really, you know, bump this up. But I think whether it be an influencer asking the question among who is at that kickoff meeting, going all the way to the account manager who was seeing the discrepancy and just mm-hmm. wanting, knowing what the person's worth and just seeing right. how that's a little bit not balanced. Um, and then having the conversation later, you know, there's so many layers to this, Julie, truly. Mm. I mean, I, <laughs> I didn't even plan to talk about that, but it, I couldn't help it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's two, one, we're not talking about numbers enough among in our circles. Right. And, um, you know, I'm not going to go on, on a limb and say that 
um, Black creators are undercharging. But I do know that sometimes the opportunities are not as plentiful. Um, Mm -hmm. You can see someone, you can pitch the same brand and see your white counterpart with less engagement and less following get it and you don't and you have better this, 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 and this. If we're going to say better, you know, we'll say different or more in line with their brand Mm -hmm. to make it equal. You know, I can't keep seeing that. Yeah, that's not, yeah, that's not, that's not okay. And I think it's, it's, it's not okay from a multitude of different ways. Like you're saying education, Mm -hmm. um, transparency, clarity, confidence, um, Mm -hmm. you know, um, experience. Mm -hmm. I might've already said that one, but you know, and to me, what comes up when you were saying that was this idea of sacrifice, Mm -hmm. you know, are the brands willing to sacrifice a little bit of their bottom line to Mm -hmm. do what is more, what I would say, my opinion and judgment, what is more integral, right? Sure. Um, are the content creators are the white content creators willing to sacrifice an opportunity or a paycheck mm-hmm. or a spot at an event or a speaking panel because they know that it is not as diverse and enriched right. with black voices as it should be. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it, it's that piece in order to get to a more in line, integral place. Are we really, are we really willing to put our freaking money where our mouth is? Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel that. And, and that I, comes know, with action. You know, it's like, sure. it comes you know, with action. It comes right. with curiosity. <laughs> and learning and, uh-huh. and, you know, I would love for you to share, cause you had kind of mentioned it to me. Cause it's also too, like, are you willing to sacrifice some time and just willingness to care? And you kind of brought up with, you know, whether it's the loop giveaways or the, whatever that you're mm-hmm. a part in, aside from the brands, just with other content creators, your experience has been, you'll get into those things. And it's, you're like, none of these people know who I am. They right. Anything, but like, can you share a little bit about that as yeah, well? Th- yeah. So, um, whether it be a Facebook group that you're engaging in, or, you know, if you dis- and you have like a group of people that you've, you know, really bonded with, or you have the same, you know, co- kind of content and you decide you're going to, you know, support each other. Right. Um, right. and you're in this, you know, DM thread on Instagram, and maybe it's only like six or 10 people. And, you know, you start to notice that, um, whether it be comments or the way that they engage, it seems very surface. Um, and then taking that a step further, when you actually go to conferences or events where you happen to still both be at or all be at, and they act like they've never seen your face ever before. And it's like, you've been commenting on my posts every day for four months, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying like I'm the most special <laughs> creative on Instagram, but, but do you how do you not say recognize that? that it's the same person? Right. Um, and, yeah. And I, I just think it's, it's just the extra effort that isn't really that extra. Um, yeah. Being able to know who you're in, involved with, who are you collaborating with? If we're all wearing, you know, the same trend and we're showing our different takes on it, yeah. you know, what, 
are they about? What messages are they sharing? Who are they aligning themselves with? Like, I think now we really have to spend some more time doing research. And I, I, you know, hate to add more to the influencer's plate, you know, because we're already doing research. Yeah, but but still, I'm like, if you're, yeah, and if you're a white (laughs) content creator that is just like, I don't have time to like look at all these people and then like, you know, take five minutes to research all these people in a loop giveaway, then that's a problem. And in my opinion, you're not doing your job. Right. Like that's the problem in itself. Forget who's in the, uh, the group, whether it be a loop or a pot or whatever. Um, you know, because again, we, well, that's lazy. We can do so much together, which is complacency, right? Which, you know, and then there you go down the line. Right. And that's where I think, you know, that's a place that, that can be done better mm-hmm. with action. Absolutely. That's the, that's the easiest part. Right. I like think. that's like, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Step one. Yeah. You know, if, but we're, but yeah. we're, we're learning, we're learning that again. Right. I think everyone is, you know, in a place where we can look at our own, um, activity. You know, I think one, uh, thing, a friend of mine, uh, did this, her name's Shavonda. She is a uh, content creator and um, she did a talk at Creative Mornings in Sacramento. Um, and one of the questions she kind of begged the audience was to see is like, how white is your feed? Mm. Or how much of your feed of people you're following look like you? Mm. Um, challenging that us to make sure we're following a diverse range of people, um, companies, services, just to, you know, because that's what reflective of like our world. Mm-hmm. Um, just to have a more, you know, well-rounded, I guess, point of view and reference and insp- source of inspiration, um, you know, through the different activities I've even had. I've had, I have to, I had to look at my feed, you know, am I following all black creators? Am I following all white creators? Are they still following me that I'm not in the pod? Like all these things. So, you know, I think that's a good check that we all can make, you know, um, if you don't have a lot of black friends, you're probably not going to be following a ton of black people on Instagram. But I do think now that's changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, it has, it, well, it has to change if we're going mm-hmm. to continue on this journey. Right. Otherwise the excuse just keeps you limited mm-hmm. and um, keeps you, keeps it white centered. Right. In a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. especially in this community, because you got a lot of white people <laughs> that are being mm-hmm. featured and showcased absolutely, and making money. And it's, it's really easy to, to look at the, it, the influencer landscape as a whole and just say, you know, that's why I think in a lot of ways it gets such a bad rap because people just see it as this cookie cutter, you know, dime a yes. dozen Every, you know, everybody looks the same. Yes. And it just, it gets bland. I and totally so agree. I think that it's, it, this is a really incredible opportunity for the industry and the, and the women who make this industry up and the white women, especially who make this industry up to show up in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. You know, when I worked and going back really quickly when it comes to some of the brand work and working through agencies, maybe not even direct through the brand. I mean, when I worked agency side, I was often the only black person in my office. 
So there's even a chance that by you asking um, the question of who's on the campaign or how diverse is the campaign, you are even enlightening your said client contact and becoming even like a really great source of information um, for them. Because I'll be honest, you know, working in just again, working in marketing, who is making the message, who who's developing the commercials that we're watching um, in every household. You know, a lot of those teams are not entirely diverse historically. And there's a lot of different organizations that, you know, um, kind of pull those creative talents together um, for pe- people of color, Blacks um, across the board. But um, I, the, conf- the change has to start happening, like I said, from every single layer. Mm-hmm. And an influencer has a very unique position because they're already... Um, creating such great content and making them quote look good, and you can help your client look even better by getting them maybe to think about something they hadn't even considered because it's not in their scope, or they right. don't think it really affects um, them as much. Right. And, and then by by showcasing that, you could enrich and grow that brand and their perspective and the industry as a whole in ways that we could never imagine. Totally. And even bonus, if you're able to like get a little something, something from that, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you might even turn into more of a consultant at that point. Mm. And, um, that's just another way to even, you know, grow your business. I'm not saying we all need to go out here and get rich and tell me brands like what to do, but there's always been more opportunity on the table beyond just getting one post up and moving yeah. on to the next partnership. Yep. So when it comes to moving forward, I mean, how do you feel that this industry start? And of course, like I say, I'm saying white women, this industry, like I'm, I am a white woman in this industry. So I'm talking about myself as well in this. Um, So how, how, how does this industry and the people like me in this Mm -hmm. industry, um, you know, and, and everyone else that's listening and you and all of our varying experiences, you know, what is your perspective? How does this industry hold itself accountable moving forward? I think it's continuing to have the conversations we're having. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it is getting a little bit uncomfortable and even just evaluating if we want to, a great place to start is just look at the activity you've had maybe in the past year. Cause I'll, I won't even say the past six months because we've been pretty much dealing with COVID for most of 2020. And I know a lot of brand activity and things slowed down or just completely stopped, but look at the past year and look at even seeing what the brands you've partnered with, what they're doing, what they've done, where they seem like they're at. Because I always think that you can grow business from where you've been versus trying to get something new, especially if there was a great uh, relationship there and both parties were happy. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's that and it's asking the question. It's wanting to solidify the relationship. Mm-hmm. I think it's constantly asking questions and just not getting complacent, educating yourselves um, or ourselves, um, listening to podcasts, maybe doing going places and seeing things that we maybe wouldn't usually see dedicating an hour to something completely out of our scope just to get a different perspective. Um, I think it's also holding the brands accountable that have been so bold and came out on the scene with the statement and throwing money at um, organizations. Like what does their team look like on a day-to-day? What changes are they making? 
what have we made them mindful of um, in the process? You know, I, I think that's a huge part of it. Another part, again, is the transparency and vulnerability of, you know, being able to share ideas, numbers, um, contacts, you know, everyone, um, there's no need to hide that. I remember when I was uh, just, you know, starting my career, people would say, well, don't tell people what you make. I'm proudly telling people what I make. Like, mm-hmm. if you ask me, you know, um, in relation to what's going on, because we have to know, like, you don't know what to ask. You don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone's always going to protect the budget first. You know, you always want to come in under unless you're a nonprofit and you got to spend all that money. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think it's continuing, continuing education um, beyond not even literature or podcasts, like learning from each other, learning from your fellow content creators um, and not being waiting maybe for someone to speak up or to reach out to you being proactive. Yeah. Um, It's amazing how that, even in that sheer act can be just so empowering. Yeah. um, And really move towards some transformative change in times. Yep. And, you know, what am I willing to sacrifice? There's going to be sacrifice, you know, with any, with any, with anything that is positive in life, impactful growth, enriching, I think there has to be. Totally. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be, give a personal example and it's on my Instagram right now, but um, I'm currently not using affiliate links right now, at least with a certain company, because to me, they've had a notorious years long um, struggle with being more diverse and inclusive and not just of black people. I mean, different body types, different hair colors, different skin tones, the whole gamut. Mm. And I kind of pose this to my audience in a way like this is something to think about as we go through these, um, these changes. Since then said company has been sharing black creators regularly on the clock but to me, I need to see more action. And that's just my personal statement. Like, I'm not saying anyone has to do something, but until I feel like that company gets it, I'm not going to use the links. I'm sacrificing income in a way. I'll get it somewhere else. I'll, I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Right. Because to me, that's more important than getting someone to swipe up on my stories. Right. Yeah. It's At so, least it's, that it's way. So true. Yeah. I so, agree. So if that's, that's my sacrifice, it's like, what's your sacrifice? Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. What does influence mean to you? <sighs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> um, I think influence is power. I think influence, um, influence is something that I do not take lightly. It is the way that you can sway someone's decision or point of view. Um, either positively or negatively. Um, and I think I have a responsibility as a content creator and influencer, because I don't think it's a bad word, um, to be open, honest, and upfront of where I'm at in the process, um, whether that's the process of painting my walls or my process in um, trying to make it a more equal playing field for influencers everywhere. Um, that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. So. Love it. And then, um, for you, what's next? 
I know you've got some really awesome things. Yeah. You know, I'm going to keep creating, you know, it's, um, the longest, the, the longest job I've ever had was working for the cachet life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, I have been on my own for the past five years. Um, I guess I've been blogging for eight. Um, and I, I still love it. I still get giddy when I'm creating content, when I'm taking my own photos. Like I do a lot of my own stuff now. Um, I'm going to continue building on that. We, I have a really great community in that I love and it's, it's grown actually a lot over the past two weeks since I started standing in my truth, if we're going to really be honest, um, through that, I'm going to continue my education with the blog block. It was more in-person events and sometimes I'd speak and sometimes I'd have guest speakers, but I've been working, um, one-on-one with, uh, solopreneurs and, um, influencers that, you know, have been you know, starting out and kind of want to take it to the next level when it comes to their personal brand and voice. Um, I'm working with them in an accountability circle. Um, I'm, my next round starts in July. So I'm really excited, especially because we'll be, we're having these kinds of conversations. Now we just had our session last week and we were talking openly about what was happening this week. And I think that those conversations are important and we need to have them with people who are, you know, in this industry, we can have them on our living room as much as we want, but how it affects us and what we're all seeing and experiencing, super valuable. Yeah. So continuing that work. Um, Where can someone go if they want to learn more about that? Thecachelife.com. And that is K-A-C-H-E-T. Cachet, not catch it. <laughs> <laughs> or on Instagram at the Cachet Life. Mm-hmm. You can always slide in my DMs. Um, we'll have all that in the show notes as yeah. well. For you guys. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. Maybe I'll be speaking at Creating Cultivate soon. Who knows? You know, I'm I'm putting it all out there this mm. year. So I'm glad you should I, be. Thank you, thank you. Podcast, all the things. Let's just let's see what works. I'm trying to mm-hmm. reach everyone. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as we know that this is an ongoing conversation, and. Um, you know, I, I would love to have you back, Yeah, you know, whenever we feel like we need to check in on this conversation and where we are and where has action taken place and just hearing more about your evolution in this experience. Um, so thank you for being here and thank you for being a part of the community and thank you for being willing to be open and honest and vulnerable and candid and just sharing how this has worked and the good and the challenges and all of that from, from your unique lens. So Mm. I appreciate that. I I appreciate you listening. And like I said, holding the space and getting real with me, you know, we are, we are going to figure this out. I know we are, you know, it's just going to be a process and I'm very happy to, to share. You know, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the influencer podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right. I will see you again. Same time, same place next week.